Hey, welcome. Carm Capriato here with episode 450. My guest today, Michael Eilbrock, who wants nothing more than to be a full-time trainer. Now, many in the industry have the yearning to give and teach. Think about the professional teacher. Many do have and found their calling. Now is the time. If, if there's any time right now, it's it's now. I, I need to do it. I need to try because if I don't, I'll just, I would just, not, I could not live with myself, Carm. That's the type of guy I am. Wife said, go for it. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, did you know that some of the very best shop owners and technician training takes place at Apex? Hey, Carm Capriato here, the aftermarket podcast guy, and I'm so proud to partner with Apex this year. And I plan to be there November 5th through the 7th at the Sands Expo in Las Vegas. Put it on your calendar. Get over to aapexshow.com. Get more information and sign up. Hey, it really makes me proud of the work we've done as a collective industry to showcase stories of the aftermarket so others can learn and all ships rise. Are you aware that the archives of the podcast contain over 600 insightful episodes? There's a strong wave of continual improvement going on inside the industry. I feel it, I know it, and I'd like to think that the podcast has had something to do with building that momentum. You know, it's always nice to get a five-star review in Apple Podcast. Hey, please do it. If you love what we do, sure makes my day. By the way, find the talking points for this episode at RemarkableResults.biz slash E450. Now, Michael Eilbrock is a full-time transit bus technician for the Champaign and Urbana Mass Transit District in Urbana, Illinois. But he also runs MJE Diagnostics, which is a heavy-duty electrical and drivability training business. Michael has 22 years of experience as a transit bus technician with ASE Master Transit Bus Certification. He's also an L2 Advanced Level Specialist and has many numerous factory certifications, which you can see listed on the show notes page. He's a very busy guy. You know, for four years, Michael also instructed at Park Lang College in Champaign, Illinois, for the Diesel Power Equipment Technology Program. He is also the Midwest distributor for Autonerds.com. And in the future, Michael hopes to be able to provide mobile diagnostic services for his heavy-duty customers. He's taught at Vision. Listen for his passion and learn what drives Michael Eilbrocht in this Real Story interview. Hey, a warm welcome to Michael Eilbrocht from Urbana, Illinois. Actually, you work in Urbana, Illinois as a full-time transit bus technician, right? Yes, you live in what, Champaign? Yes, I live in Champaign. You know what, we've been trying to get together because I love your story. You're a diesel tech, uh, you work on transit buses, you are a trainer, you have a heavy duty electrical and drivability uh, company, you have goals to be mobile, you have so, so much going on, and I love all that's going on and how you're looking to pay it forward for the industry. So you're wrenching and training. And you're out there doing private training at places because you're helping people learn the PicoScope for heavy duty, right? Yes, that's correct. Man, where are you finding the time? I, I just, I just make time. I guess I just, I, I really enjoy what I do, Carm. I've been doing this now for 22 years, and it's quite shocking uh, when I tell other friends how long I've been doing it because they look at my baby face and I'm like, "You've been doing it for 22 years?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." So. <laughs> 
So you're thinking about being a mobile heavy-duty tech. Yes, yeah. I Eventually, I, I would enjoy doing that because uh, I love diagnostics, and I love the challenge of finding the root cause of a problem and fixing it uh, for the customer. Have you done any research? Is there business out there? Yeah, there actually is. I, I see a lot of uh, help requests online all the time from different truck shops. Uh, I've even seen help requests for, you know, from technicians that work at dealers are like, hey, what do I do? I've got this problem. So yeah, there there is a demand for it. Michael, where did you get the uh, the seed of the idea or the taste to want to be a trainer? About five, six years ago, when I first started really getting into wanting to do diagnostics, um, my turnaround for me was basically back in 2013 at the CAN conference. That's when I, I bought a PicoScope I uh, went to my first training event and just uh, got around everybody and was looking at the vibe and, you know, starting to see like, wow, these, these guys have the same mindset that I do. They want to learn. They want to make themselves better. And I started to see the advantages of going this route by doing diagnostics because the other thing is, you know, it, it's a niche market, you know, for diagnostics. Not everybody wants to do it. And if you can find something, a niche that you're good at, then you're going to be in high demand. So I just started seeing all those options. I'm like, wow, I, I could do something with this. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, the smartest guy out there, but I'm bright enough to realize, you know, that this is a, a good opportunity for me and I need to jump onto it. And like I said, I, I love doing the diagnostic part. So I thought, yeah, this would, this would be a good thing to get into. Do you have passion for being a trainer? Yes. I love showing uh, everyone what I do. And when I train, uh, I, I try to keep, keep it low key as possible because I want um, everyone to be relaxed and I want them to feel, you know, Hey, you know, this guy's a technician, just like me, he's out here, you know, in the trenches, you know, trying to figure out problems and fix things. And I like going about it that way as more of like a, hey, this is what I'm doing. Here's how I can help you versus, oh, I'm the trainer and, and I know everything and, you know, you got to do it, you know, this way. And, and I'm not like that by any means whatsoever. I think about your transition uh, into being a trainer, uh, although it's part-time, and there are people that are listening right now that are saying, I'd love to do that. I don't even know how to start. I mean, uh, how do I put up a shingle? How do I tell people where, you know, where, where do I get my first gig so that I can, you know, get, say that I'm no longer a training virgin and, and now I've got something going on. Take me to how it all happened for you. How it all happened for me was um, I went to my old instructor at Parkland College in Champaign, Illinois, uh, who's my diesel instructor. And I just came up to him one day and said, hey, uh, I would love to start training, instructing would you let me instruct? And he's like, absolutely, Mike, you were like one of my best students. Yeah, you could instruct, no problem. And so he uh, asked me, you know, I always, he's, he's like, I always ask um, new trainers what they want to instruct. And I told him right away without any hesitation whatsoever, electrical. And when he saw that, he's like, you've got it, Mike, you know, it's like instantaneous, you know, you, you wanted to do electrical and, and you got it. Cause he told me there's a lot of instructors that first start out and they are extremely hesitant on teaching that subject. Me, on the other hand, I just grabbed it by, by both hands and said, let's do it. 
And uh, that's how I got my start. That's how I got my experience. And I instructed at the local community college for four years, teaching basic electrical, you know, fundamentals. Basic electrical, fundamentals. Does it have to be hands-on? Absolutely. And that's how we teach at our college. We have all these ATEC boards that we use and we put in, I would put in bugs in the boards in our uh, classes that I would instruct. So we would, you know, teach basics, Ohm's law, show them how to take measurements and everything. But then by oh, about midway through the class, I would then start putting bugs in the board and cover stuff up and say, okay, it's got this problem, figure it out. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I've been showing you how to use your meter, hook up your meter and show me what's wrong with that circuit. Is it an open on the power side? Do you have an open ground? Do you have a short to ground? You know, situations like that. And, uh, and that's how I instruct. I, ins- I instruct hands-on uh, to get it in their heads, you know, what they need to look for to make, to make themselves efficient. You don't do any theory? No, I do theory as well. We have two, it's two parts in the classroom. But you see the learning happening when it's hands-on. Yes, yeah. The one thing that you have to do, though, Carm, is you have to do theory as well in the classroom just to give them an idea. And then once you're done doing that, then you go out to the classroom and do the hands-on portion. Hey, what does it take to get up for a class? You have to have energy. You have to show everyone that you're passionate, that you want to be there, you know, that you're not asleep. (laughs) Uh, You just, you got to show them, hey, I'm excited to be here and I want to show you what I know. And that's the type of energy that I put into my class. The students that I've had in the past, you know, they've all always said, you know, Mike, we love your passion and everything, but they, they've told me a couple of times, like, you need to need to tone down the stories a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there's some self-evaluation. Aren't the stories all about, you know, helping people learn? Yeah, exactly. I, I really try to give real-world examples uh, with problems that I've encountered in the field to help them, you know, understand how to, you know, work on these systems. Hey, Carm here. Now, you know I attend Apex in Las Vegas each year. It's my must-attend show for one simple reason. It keeps me up to date on everything in the global automotive aftermarket industry. At Apex, I see, touch, and compare the latest new tools and equipment in the industry. I learn how new technology is affecting independent repair shops. I sit in on advanced training sessions on underhood service and alternative fuel vehicles. And so important, I network with others facing the same opportunities and challenges. I know many of you are shop owners, managers, or technicians. I also know Going to Apex means time away from your business. But I simply don't know how you can stay ahead of the huge transformation and changes taking place in the industry without attending Apex. Hey, make Apex your must-attend show. The dates are Tuesday, November 5th through Thursday, November 7th at the Sands Expo in Las Vegas. Registration, it's only $40, and it only takes a few minutes. Go to aapexshow.com. Now, I love hearing stories. Now, let's go, go from the classroom in post-secondary to, you know, out in the real world. Do the techs in the real world love to hear your stories? Yes, they do. Yeah, they, uh, I've, I've told some really interesting ones. We've, uh, I've actually gone back and forth with quite a few friends uh, over the years. Like, there was this one problem vehicle that uh, I, was, I was helping another auto nerd member on and uh, he, he runs a truck shop in uh, uh, New Clo- or Clovis, New Mexico. And uh, 
hopefully he's, he won't get upset me calling out his name, but he's an awesome guy and I like him. His name's Tim Stanford. And uh, so anyway, he was working on this Mack truck and it would keep on uh, giving an intermittent low power complaint while going up a hill. And finally, you know, after working on it back and forth, it ended, it was weird. It would, uh, it would lose power to the, to the Cummins, or not the Cummins, to a Mack ECM because it was a Mack truck. It would lose voltage. It would lose ground all at once. It would lose power. And then finally, after him and I talking back and forth and working things out, what he found was a piece of the starter solenoid broke off inside. And then it was intermittently touching from positive to the case of the solenoid and then dragging down the entire electrical system. Yeah, so that that was crazy. And what was even more crazy about this story was the owner, of course, of the vehicle was getting a little, you know, impatient with Tim because this was a really hard problem. And he's trying to explain this uh, to the customer. And at one point, the customer, you know, took took it away, said, okay, fine, I'll just, I'll take it to the dealer. And Tim's like, well, okay. And so then takes it to the, the Mac dealer. And guess what, Car? The Mac dealer couldn't figure it out. And then they bring it back and then Tim finds it and then he fixes it. And uh, it's just, you know, stories like that, you know, that we talk about and other, you know, problems that we encounter. Curriculum in, uh, in post-secondary gets kind of done and outlined for you. But when you go out and you're an independent trainer, do you continue to improve your, your curriculum when you're an independent trainer? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm actually working on another class. Um, hopefully, I'll have it done for next uh, vision and, you know, next March. It's going to be on uh, Cummins uh, CAN bus systems because on uh, Cummins, they have their own separate CAN system uh, that communicates with the rest of the controllers on the vehicle. And right now, I'm working on a class on that. Hopefully, I'll have it done, it, uh, done in time. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm constantly updating my material. Um, like for instance, right now we've got newer after treatment systems in our buses where it's, it's an entire unit, one chunk with your SCR, your DPF, DOC and everything. And also the controls are a little bit too, are different and the emission standards are different as well. So, uh, the NOx, uh, efficiency, the conversion efficiency, is going to be a lot higher. And uh, from what I've heard, I haven't finished my research yet, but unlike the older ones, the older models I've seen, it's about 80%. These newer ones, they're looking for a 90% conversion efficiency. So I'm doing more research on that. And so I can update that class as well. So yeah, I'm constantly putting together new material and uh, making new classes, but it, it's it's a lot of work because uh, Sherry was asking me at Vision, hey, what are you, what are you gonna have for, for next year? And I'm like, well, I've got one new one, but that's all I've got for right now. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work to develop a class, you know, and I'm starting to realize that. So uh, on average, my first class to develop, it took me about a good, oh, gathering all my research and everything, like two, three months, you know, just to put everything together the way that I wanted it to. Love to hear that. Uh, it takes an awful lot of time to develop a class. And I'm sure if you think about the, uh, the texts that have been through your class, uh, work with them. Do they come up and thank you for all the research that you've done? I mean, uh, kind of trainers are, they're respected, but sometimes they're the unsung hero as to what it takes to put a class together. Yeah. Um, actually I've, I've gotten quite a few thank yous. I remember the first year I went to vision. It's actually kind of cool. Um, I had, 
two auto nerd members that found out about me doing a class at vision because I posted it on YouTube and uh, they came and saw my class. And then I had another guy, he wasn't even a, an auto nerd member or anything yet. He just heard about it. He came all the way from North Carolina, Carm, to see my class. And then at the end of the class, he came to me, shook my hand, told me, you know, how thankful for all the work that I have uh, been doing. And uh, yeah, I got quite a few praises uh, for the first vision and got some nice reviews. So everyone is seeming to uh, enjoy my work and, and benefiting from it as well. And uh, same thing happened this year when I did the Cummins case study class. It was kind of funny. I was, I was teaching another class, but in that class, one, I saw one of the other uh, attendees come up to another guy. Hey, you got to see Mike's class here from Saturday. He started paging through all the stuff. Look at all this good stuff he's got, you know, specs and what to look for and known goods. He's like, he's got oscilloscope waveforms in here. Nobody has oscilloscope waveforms for HD, you know, so I, I could definitely feel the electricity in the room. And uh, I, I think it's only going to get better. Do you think you're on the ground floor as a heavy-duty trainer? Yeah, that's see, that's the other thing uh, that I was thinking about, too, because when I started thinking about this market I wanted to get into, I'm like, no one else is doing this, Carm. Like, no one. I, I, I don't know of a whole lot of individuals that are doing what I'm doing right now, and I have the opportunity to jump into this, have the advantage and go with it. And uh, that's the other reason why I decided I wanted to do it too. I had a long talk with my wife about it. And I told her, it's like, hon, now is the time. If, if there's any time right now, it's, it's now. I, <laughs> I need to do it. I need to try because if I don't, I'll just, I would just not, I could not live with myself, Carm. That's the type of guy I am. Mm -hmm. So, And the wife said? Wife said, go for it. Good for her. God, there's nothing like having the support of the wife, huh? Good for you. So what's the best trait as a trainer, Michael, that you have? Uh, how, how You know, I'm watching you in your class, and I walk away and says, Mike is a... A down-to-earth guy who understands other technicians and, and what they go through and know that, you know, this guy up here really cares about what he's doing and he wants to give them uh, good information to help them. Are you an even-keeled kind of trainer person? Yeah, I think so. I really try to be really open-minded and uh, understand all sides, all points of view, and, you know, not get too uh, overboard, you know, on, on other uh, individuals' you know, viewpoints. Have uh, you ever encouraged any of your students to call you, and have you ever helped anyone? Yeah, it's actually happened a few times now. I have a customer uh, in Kansas City. He's come to my classes. He's called me up a couple times, asked for help. I've had, uh, oh, geez, I've had maybe three or four people call and ask me for advice, suggestions. So, yeah, and I, I do that all the time, and it doesn't bug me a bit, you know, because that's, that's what I'm here for. It's my job. It's to, to train and to help. Okay, so you got the training bug happening big time. Yes. At least that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> you're loving what you're doing. You almost believe it. It sounds like it may be your calling. Um, how do you say no to what you're doing? Would you ever think of someday be doing this full time? Yeah, I think so. Um, like I said, it just it just depends on how the wind blows and the demand. And, you know, it has to do with, you know, being able to support myself and and support my family. And if I can do that, oh, yeah, most definitely I would take the jump.
your favorite experience as an independent trainer that you've gone out and, and worked for a company or, or done some classes? Can you tell me just a little mini story that you know you just love to share because this this was this was one of your favorite events? My most favorite time that I've gone out so far was I went out to my first customer last uh, summer and to do training, to do picoscope training, and they had a vehicle there that they were having an issue with. Uh, it was a Mitsubishi garbage truck, and it would it kept on uh, turning on the uh, low coolant light on the dash, and they just could not figure out what was going on with it. So I'd never seen a Mitsubishi garbage truck farm, and so I just went up to it. I'm like, all right, well, let's figure out how it works. Give me the service information. I had the, uh, the owner of the shop get access to the OEM uh, uh, wiring schematics and information. So we went through it all. And then um, I had everybody watch me what I was doing. I was explaining what I was thinking, how I was approaching this problem. And by the end of the day, we had figured out what the problem was with the vehicle and I fixed it for him and helped him. And that was probably the best experience that I've had so far. Cause not only did I do training, but I helped him fix a vehicle. So that was probably the best experience that I've had so far. I'm hearing that you have a Spock like mind. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard Spock like mind uh, from any of my buddies, but a lot of my friends do say, you know, Mike, how, how would you even think about that to begin with? You know, it's like, what, it's like, what do you think at night? Do you just think about <laughs> electrons in your head at night when you go to sleep or do you put the Pico underneath your pillow? And, uh, and me, I'm, I jokingly say, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's what I love to do. And I've, I've worked really hard at it, you know, to get where I'm at. Any message to the industry about training? If we don't get more up to date, on training and getting people, you know, getting technicians in seats and getting on top of this, it's going to get really bad in another five years, in my opinion. I I think it's pretty bad now, but I think it's going to be worse later on because if we don't put ourselves out there, if we don't advertise, you know, what the, you know, what we do, um, no one's going to know about us and it's just, it's going to get worse. And we also have to portray this type of, thought process to uh, shop owners and get them to realize, look, the diesels that we work on now are not how they were 10 years ago. You've got all these extra electronics now. They have basically almost caught up now with the automobile as in how many modules they have, how they operate, the controls. It's not like how it used to be. And everyone is in the diesel industry is just going to have to face the fact you better start updating get back up to date on training and you know taking care of your technicians and treating them right because because if you don't it's just going to get worse so you training has to happen and you can't the other thing is too you can't learn everything online even though online is great you've got youtube you've got other outlets you've got videos that's great. And I'm all for that. But to get the extra step to really become an expert in whatever you want to do, you need to have instructor led and then hands on if possible. That's the only way you're really going to get good at what you want to do. 
Hey, Mike, great advice. Thank you so much. Uh, Michael Elbrock uh, from MJE Diagnostics, heavy duty and uh, electrical drivability guy and uh, full-time transit bus technician in Urbana, Illinois, and future rock star heavy duty diesel trainer. Good to have you here, man. Thank you, Carm. I appreciate the time. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 